All right. What is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Yeah. Change it up a little bit. Get that <clears throat> a little bit of a raspier voice there. Make it sound a little bit more epic because do we have an epic show for you today? We have one of the Baja legends, one of the fastest guys on two wheels in Baja. I'm going to challenge him to a race. I can use all six gears in my KTM. He can use the first two gears on his Honda. And he'll still be waiting for me at the finish line. Yep, he is that fast. Not only that, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. I'm actually excited for today's show uh, to talk a little bit about and uh, a little bit about a little bit about the accomplishments, a little bit about the future, a little bit about what is going on now. And and then some but i am absolutely excited it has been a while to get him on the show he's been super busy but he's always been willing and ready to go and get on there uh met him a few years back at the baja rally event he's dipping his toes into rally raid and uh was very very humble um in talking to him and I was, it was absolutely uh, stoked on my half my behalf you know uh, when you finally meet somebody and you're not really sure how it's gonna go you kind of think man you know this is this is like the top of the top and you end up uh, meeting them for the first time and it's like you're talking to just anybody else on the street you know just another buddy just another guy but so much talent on two wheels and so much speed on two wheels so who are we talking to today? None other than Colton Udall. Pro Moto Unlimited Racer, Rally Racer, Adventure Rider. Got a couple of adventure rides in there. I saw him on the Africa Twin. Still fast. Making that thing still look like about a 450. So definitely excited to talk to him tonight. And uh, well, tonight for me, it is Thursday night, but you guys are going to be having this episode with your coffee Sunday, 10 a.m. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. We're going to get right to it. So let's see if he is on the line. First of all, we got to turn the party down here because, uh, you know, can't go in full send with the rock uh, with the rock music. But let's see if we have got him on the line here. Let's just give me just a quick second. All right, Colton, you there? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you. Nice. Good, good to be on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome, welcome. Uh, thank you for some taking some time off the bike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been busy riding, riding motorcycles and, uh, you know. Nice. That's what it takes, right, to be... To be a dirt bike guy, riding dirt bikes. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm quickly learning that lesson. I've. I noticed this weekend that I'm missing a bunch of seat time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. So I. I mean, yeah. I mean, right to it. So you're. Um. You're up in kind of the high desert area. Is that where you do a lot of your riding, or? Yeah, I, I bought five acres um, in Apple Valley Highlands, which is kind of the southernmost part of Apple Valley. It's uh kind of like tucked behind a hesperia mm-hmm. actually live like less than a mile away from brayback nice. but we never we never do anything together oh. um but anyways it's 
I live right uh, up against some of the best riding in Southern California. So I'm, I, I'm very happy and, and blessed. I made a really good move last year, so I'm stoked. Nice. Uh, do we have a name for the ranch yet? Yeah, it's, it's Champ Ranch. It's a play on Champion Adventures, Champ ADV. It's called Champ Ranch. Nice. It's, it's on Instagram. We're kind of slowly kind of building it just as just about as slow as how the progress is on the property. So I've, I've done a bunch on the property, but for me, it feels slow. For everybody else, they're like, dang, you've, you've done quite a bit. So, And now, do you struggle with all the permitting stuff like we do down here in the city? Oh, let's not talk about the permitting. Got it, got it, got it, got it. It's my five like, acres, and if you're paying yeah. the taxes, then we'll talk. <laughs> right, right. No, I'm. Uh, uh, we're we're homesteading, and and uh, yeah, permits are. We deal with San San Bernardino County, and it's it's all good. We're nice. we're we're doing it. We're gonna we're gonna let the cards fall as they will. Um, when they when they fall yeah. if, if you know what i'm saying so yes sir so then all the videos all the reels all the stuff that i see on your on your instagram and that you post that's all your your neck of the woods yeah it's the champ adv reels um and and some on my instagram are all uh the hills above my house um we, i literally can ride straight to big bear and back i i just did it actually yesterday with a with a um of, you know, a customer that wanted to ride with me for two days out here. So it's been a, it's been a, a work in progress to get our property dialed so we can accept, you know, people, uh, to go ride. And so all those trails that people might see on our Instagram or whatever is all available. I can take you on all the secret stuff that I have, or maybe you already know a bit about it, but it's, it's, um, it's fun. I try to just connect all the trails that are up there into kind of just a fun flowy trail ride that makes you smile the whole time nice. rather than, you know, you don't want to be grunting and groaning about how I <laughs> took you through a bunch of rocks, you know, that's not any fun. Yeah. I was, uh, <laughs> I thought he was a Baja racer, not a hard enduro guy. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's actually to tell you the truth. I, there's some amazing roads from my house to big bear that remind me a lot of Baja and, um, actually just yesterday mm -hmm. I rode, it's, it's called the 173 and, it, and it's shut down, but I mean, you can ride it anyways, but it mm -hmm. was the longest, uh, running dirt like road that was actually marked with, uh, you know, all the proper signage and stuff like that. And so it's since stopped and my, my, my stepdad, Brad, Brad Oxley, mm -hmm. uh, used to talk to me about, you know, or he talks about it, you know, how he used to ride it all the time. He'd park in Asperia and go ride it. Mm -hmm. And so I just rode it uh, yesterday, and, man, it's fun. It's a, it's a perfectly graded road, so you can flat track the whole thing. And um, I'm going to have to go take him up there for a little reunion maybe this weekend. Nice. So, Dude. yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that that's crazy living so close to to that. You know, being able to just <laughs> jump on the bike and ride. <laughs> yeah, the the it's it's very easy. I wish I would have done it be prior to, you know, or during my professional motorcycle racing career. Mm -hmm. Instead, I did it uh towards the end. And but it it was it played a key factor in my ability to race last year 
in the in the score series. So I'm I'm just thankful I'm here. Yeah. And so I mean, yeah, having the training grounds right then and there, you know. And so you, something you, you mentioned earlier. So customer. So is this something that we're like you're you're opening it up, doing tours and and classes, or what's what's going on there? I'd like to, you know, I've I've been doing this a long time. It's been 15 years since I, um, 2008, I got my first professional license racing motocross, and then I became an off road racer. And you learn a lot about, you know, riding the motorcycle, prepping the motorcycle, how to, you know, approach obstacles, how to how to race at the highest level, how to train. And then you're done racing and it's like, okay, what do I do? Do I go frame houses or do concrete or, you know, operate machinery or whatever? And I don't really want to change what I'm doing. So all of those things that you said are, are, uh, I'm available for, I would love to, to teach people how to, you know, attack a log or jump a K rail or slide a, a fire road, ride single track. Um, I, I still teach, you know, people, just I mentor guys like you know Nick Garvin and um, he's kind of at the end of it, but not at the not the end of his career, but at the end of listening to me, he still listens. But you know he's he's heard a lot of what I have to say. So, yeah. but anyways, um, I I'm totally open to doing coaching, and I'm I'm constantly thinking about new ways I can offer services, and really the best way is just to. If you come out to my property, I'm an open book, and so that's uh, that's the service I provide. If you if you want to go on a trail ride, cool. If you want to, you know, do some lessons, cool. If you want to set your your motorcycle up to you know um, best you know fit you, I I can help you with that because that's kind of really what I've been doing for 15 years. So. It, it's an all-inclusive type thing, and um, I'm stoked to be able to offer that. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and, and, and I'm going to say this in a very sarcastic, with a little bit of experience, right? <laughs> right. Right. So, exactly. Something I noticed, um, and this was like, you know, just tooling around, I noticed uh, on the uh, on the SCORE website, right, you got your own uh, your own little home there, and uh the, the vehicle specifications for, I think it was, uh, might've been in 2019. It was a make Honda 2019 CRF 450L, uh, engine builder, Colton Udall, chassis, Colton Udall, transmission, Colton Udall. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, so you're, you do everything. That's, that's how you're like prepping bikes and, and building bikes and doing all of that. I mean, is that. Yeah, like I I just recently took a Gen 1 450X and completely tore it down. Um, it actually was once Skylar Howe's bikes, and he sold it to a guy named Dave Martin. Happy Dave. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I I completely rebuilt that bike and made it into something uh, quite beautiful. And I've uh, taken, you know, the lead-acid battery from the past and upgraded it to um, – a lithium battery with a BMS, an anti-gravity battery, it's called. And I've, I've updated a lot of the wiring and I, I put a relay in the system. So the light automatically turns on and, and, um, you know, replace transmission, um, bearings and, and gears and the crankshaft and main bearings and balancer bearings. Like 
I, I can do it all as far as uh, the engine work. I'm, I'm kind of trying to go away from the mechanical side of things because of, um, you know, it's, it's just tough right now. So, mm-hmm. and I, I'm very meticulous. So I spent a lot of time, you know, making sure the part looks good and also, you know, works good and, or the whole package works good. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, if you wanted a service like that, like I offered Dave Martin, I'm, I'm pretty much to the point where I'm going to charge double <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. so if you, if you want that service, it's still available, but it's, it's going to be, you know, yeah, costly because I've, I've just, there's no way else to make myself happy other than to be paid properly for it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more towards, you know, offering, offering the skill set of, you know, learning how to, how to attack, a certain obstacle or, or riding or training and stuff like that. I'm, I'm more excited about that currently, if yeah. so, so to say. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, and anybody, I mean, with everybody, I mean, we're, we're pretty much worldwide, but so wherever you're at, but especially if you're in California, I mean, yeah, the riding and, and it's such a difference. I mean, I really learned that lesson this week. I'm like, dude, there's, I, I need to start investing in tires instead of shiny parts. Because. Yeah. 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 You definitely wear out tires and it, like, it's, it's just about, you know, you gotta have a reliable motorcycle that, that works well. Yeah. Is really, in my opinion, yeah. I, I still make stuff shiny though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, I've not seen a bike that you've been on that ever looked, you know, like, okay, this, <laughs> this thing wasn't ready for the start line. Right, right. I, I remember, I think it was one of the first years I met you at a Baja rally. It was like every day you showed up to the start and it was like brand new. <laughs> like, you, like you hadn't even ran the previous day's stage. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I had good help then or I was working hard on making it, you know, <laughs> making it prepped and ready to go. Unfortunately, I think that year I had a little uh, wiring issue that held me back, yeah. but obviously I didn't really know how to navigate that. Well, I still kind of don't, but that's one of the things that I, I will openly admit that I'm, I need to work harder on, but I'm, you know, it's always, it's an ever growing thing. The, the, the navigation thing. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then just when you get to know it, you know, they go from French to English and then they start throwing multiple notes in one box and they start changing it up. But what, uh, what, what made you curious about getting into rally and, and giving it a shot? Well, back when Johnny Campbell was racing rally, he kind of turned me on to it to tell you the truth. Um, I raced for JCR and then he, he was like, we should go, if you're interested in this, we should go learn how to navigate. And I did a, a class with Jimmy Lewis and Johnny was there and Kamo was there mm-hmm. and that was cool. We had fun. We made our own little road books um, I picked it up decently and I, I like the approach of, you know, navigating through the desert. So, and then I, I did a few road books with Johnny when he was, uh, practicing for Dakar and then it kind of all kind of fell apart there with that, that program. And, um, I didn't really do much navigating and I, you know, just, really rallies grown massively in the U S since that time, I would say. And so that I, 
I think I kind of refired back up and I built my own rally tower. I think it was in, uh, 2018 mm-hmm. and used, um, you know, I, I went to Jamie Campbell's shop and built a rally tower, which was really fun. And it's still, still the rally tower I have and it works and it, it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm proud of it cause I, I didn't do the welding, but I did all the fabricating on it and, and then Jamie welded it all. So, and I still have like drawings of it so I can build it and it's pretty cool. So I'm, I'm stoked on that, but the, the, the rally thing just kind of, I've always been interested in it. It was the next step with Baja mm-hmm. after like, you know, racing Baja, I, I wanted to race Dakar and be there. I just really, you know, I guess the opportunity didn't all roll together properly. So I was, I wasn't there. So I made, I made some efforts to try to get to Dakar about the same time that I purchased this property that I'm on. And it, it was one or the other. And I was trying to do both cause I always try to jam everything in and I had to finally make a decision to pull out of trying to go to Dakar. And because of course I won the road to Dakar at Sonora mm-hmm. and and so I was kind of like I had the op- the option early on, and then things happened later that year that made it really hard on me. Yeah. And then COVID, of course, got more hectic. I don't like using that, but um, everything that I – every resource I went to, that was their excuse. And, and so I, I actually still have a full rally kit. Mm-hmm. Um, from Simona Gazi that will fit on like a 450 RX or an L and I need to build that bike. Um, I need to build it out of, I want to build it out of a 450 L so it has a license plate and it's all like street legal. So I'm working on that, working on getting the time to, to figure that one out. Um, I might actually even once I build it, I might sell it. I was trying to, trying to build it test it go through all the quirks of it and then fully rebuild it and sell it but i don't know maybe maybe someone listening eventually might be interested in it if they want to it'll be like one of the only u.s kind of rally replica bikes you know that holds a a decent amount of fuel so well that actually and 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 that one is not orange or blue and right <laughs> right exactly and that it was easily plated uh because yeah. even the stuff you get that's orange and blue to put a plate on it unless you start with the 500 exc but they don't have the kits and yada 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 it turns into a bit so you're saying that what i've got might be even more valuable than i even think uh, that's what i'm thinking because there's a lot of guys that will not set foot on a red or blue bike or i mean excuse right. me, orange or blue bike and, right. Uh, but yeah, the big thing is being the license plate. And then that kit is designed, if I remember correctly, it's designed around the regular frame. You know, it's not a ladder frame type bike. So it's not going to be a 701 that's converted or a 690 that's converted. Yeah, this this is I mean, the the kit I have is supposed to fit on an RX. Mm-hmm. So I would build I'd bolt an RX uh, airbox on and, and a subframe mm-hmm. on my 450L and it'd be street legal and then the engine would get like i said new transmission bearings crankshaft all fresh and and then i'd i'd probably off it just because um 
<laughs> the the money that I spent uh, to prepare it really how it all came together is I I bought that kit from Simona Gazi to race Dakar and then I was working with Honda to try to get a 450x mm-hmm. or an L mm-hmm. and they backed out mm-hmm. going into the Dakar and and it was too much work for me and too much overhead and so I just pulled pulled the plug and that's kind of the unfortunate side of it but. I'm I'm grateful that I I made the decision to definitely buy this property over spending money on the Dakar. Hopefully, I'll be racing Dakar whenever I can. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that that's definitely a yet because I mean, just in the stuff that I've seen, you know, everybody with the navigation and all of that stuff. But uh, something that uh, I kind of wanted to touch on is the you have a, a kind of a unique ability and i was kind of chuckling about this at the last uh, i think it was at the 500 yeah i think it was at the 500 uh you have an ability to ride way longer than anybody else that i know of yeah <laughs> uh, well i've always thrived on like uh focus and um i guess i guess that's my key is that i you know I work off of focus and I, I, I train pretty hard when it's, when it's time to train. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to train a lot different than like when I was racing for JCR and then kind of getting to a point with Ox Motorsports. Uh, our, like in 2014, I rode 655 miles and led overall the whole time. Um, and I did that because I felt like that was the best strategy for our team. Cause it was my brother and Mark Samuels and I, mm-hmm. and, so I basically, you know, did half the race and I would have split it up differently now, but, um, that's what I did. And, uh, you know, Johnny always helped me with the focus side, not necessarily like helped me day to day, but he, he groomed me for it. It was like, you know, when I first started racing, I'd race a hundred miles and I'd get back on the bike and race at 150. And then, and then later on in 2010, I raced 350 miles um which was only like you know my second year on the team and i raced from you know ensenada to el crucero and then i did that a couple times and um and my fitness just kind of rolled together where in 2014 i thought like i can do i can do half the peninsula i know i can and so i tested myself and and i and i did it and then I had to get on the bike even one more time just to, because my brother made a mistake, but, um, and which is, that's a really cool story in 2014, but that's what Bob provides is really cool stories. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, this last year, uh, you know, Derek Osterbauer and I, and, and Nick Garvin, um, it, it rolled together to where, I mean, I broke my back in 2000, late 2016 and, I haven't ever been in the shape, you know, like I was, I was wrecked and I've been kind of dabbling in the rally stuff. And in, I think it was 18 or 19, I did Baja rally. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a stage that, you know, I was on the bike for a decent amount of time and I was, and I was proud of myself. It was the the year that I almost won, but made a really bad mistake at the end. And, uh, but those, those stages were like 200 plus miles supposed you're supposed to say k's but i'm yeah. i'm a creature <laughs> of habit but um the so i was proud of myself there but um last year when i bought this property it was just 
I was able to train and I made a commitment to Derek after he Ironman and won the 250 and then Nick won Silver State and and Parker 250 overall by himself and um I just made a commitment to them that we would go back to Baja and and race and it just rolled it kind of just happened to unfortunately where Nick started the bike at the 500 and he gave me the bike with a 12 minute uh lead and I wasn't I was working on my fitness at that point and I rode 180 miles that race and I did pretty good, but I didn't have any nutrition, um, for that race. I just drank water, Gatorade, ate cliff bars and stuff. And I was pretty much. That's, that was whatever, you know, I started to lose focus, um, down, down north, down towards San Catin and stuff. And, um, then I actually, you know, September came around, unfortunately, you know, Nick crashed, but and we didn't, we didn't have him anymore as a teammate because he hit a side-by-side head-on, which is really unfortunate. But, you know, we're stoked to see him riding again, which is really cool. Um, and I'm sure you'll see him in the future as far as rally because he has a huge interest in that. But um, the 400 came along, and I made a, a really important call to Hammer Nutrition, and they helped me out massively. And they talked to me about like what my nutrition was, you know, years prior and then kind of guided me in what they suggest. And so I raced the the BA 400 and I raced 230 miles and I hadn't been, I'd been getting my butt kicked um, in the score racing stuff since I broke my back. And so when I'd, I'd race, I'd be all right. I'd be a decent competitor, but I wouldn't have lead pace. And at the Ba 400, I finally proved to myself again, like I can, I can do lead pace. And cause I was able to hunt down, um, Brandon Prieto and I passed them in the pits at the 400 and I, I rode 230 miles, which was like four and a half hours on the bike. And, but it still wasn't, you know, the feet that I, so I put my, my, uh, I sight, I set my sights on racing a long time and then I trained for it and just got mentally prepared and um really hammer nutrition kind of was the the uh the steroid so to say to help me um that's that's exactly what i needed and uh it's not a steroid but it sure works like one they they do a great job with their products heat is an electrolyte that helps you keep you know think properly and perpetuum allows you to have like a longer lasting energy for longer endurance stuff. And then they, they offer a bunch of different products, but that was my kind of my, my shoe into riding a bunch of miles and my body was fit enough. Once you get to a certain amount of strength, it's all about the mind and your body can kind of break down. But if you can stay focused and not make the mistakes in ball, then, you know, you can carry that lead pace and, and not end up on your head. So that's, that's kind of my secret was it was hammer and it was training and, and mental training, you know, some of the training I do, like I'll bring my heart rate up and I'll do a lot of like, it's silly, but I do a lot of counting. So if I do like sprint intervals, I'm, I'm doing, I just count. So I, I, I bring my oxygen, you know, the, 
my blood oxygen level to a certain like capacity where I'm, you know, anaerobic. I believe that's the right term. Yeah. And, and then I, I make my brain work. So just like, you know, on a dirt bike, you're, you're working really hard to race and you have to take in all this information to be successful and, and attack the terrain that's in front of you. And if you, if you override the bike, your brain usually makes a mistake and that's how you crash. So, um, that's my secret really is, uh, my, I just do mental training along with regular training and it, it helps me get into a, you know, you, you just set your eyes on it and you, you go achieve it. And I think there's a decent amount of guys that can, um, do maybe not. I mean, Justin Morgan rode the same stint that I did at the thousand and he, he really rode better than me. Not, not too many, I guess, because I led overall the whole time I, it was shadowed. But if you paid attention really closely, he, he rode better towards the end, I think, cause he got more days of pre-running <laughs> and he didn't have to ride another 200 miles at the end of the race. So, um, but it, yeah, there's a few guys that can, that can, you know, I think the guys in Dakar, um, I always look at, you know, I always convert the kilometers to the to to miles and go oh i i could have done that day oh you know mm -hmm. and, but you know it's you never know until you go do it yeah you know well so and, and the big challenge is when and you kind of saw because I, I remember the i remember the 2018 series when you were there and i remember it was uh oh man i know i'm his border rat <laughs> i'm trying to remember his name but i remember he was Jake, doing, jacob jacob yeah, gonzalez. Yeah. gonzalez yeah you guys were doing there was like some filming going on and i think he had a gopro on your helmet uh, and even then, I think it was a session, so it was the smaller one. But you came back, and I remember overhearing that you were saying that it was bugging you. With it, it was bugging your neck. Um, so that's I, I didn't know that there was that short of a gap between when you're, you know, from your accident to that, and that it would that it still carried over. But I yeah, mean, I'm, I've always been sensitive with my neck at high speeds um, because a GoPro is like a flag up there, and it, it, mm -hmm. it so I mean, if you're if your neck's cramping. <laughs> or like irritated it goes directly into your mind and breaks your focus so i was i'm always jacob definitely knows me as a whiner when it comes to gopros but <laughs> all the all the footage that i've been taking up in my hills i've, I've been uh, gopro training with my neck <laughs> yeah so um I've, I've gotten better at it but i don't do any 90 mile an hour racing up there in the hills so that mm -hmm. again when you as soon as you get past like you know, 55, 60 miles an hour, the thing becomes, um, quite a, um, it's not very aerodynamic. No. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, uh, the setup I got now puts it in front of the mouthpiece. I, one of the climb helmets where it just clips in right in front of the mouthpiece. So I think it's in a better spot. Um, but I see I've ridden on the highway with a GoPro up there sitting down. So I kind of have an idea what you're talking about. And you well, know. you're, you're also uh, built a little sturdier than me. I mean, your, your <laughs> neck is probably, you know, a little bit larger than mine. I got a pencil neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> with much better physical shape. And I, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. So I, you know, there's, I've done some, uh, internal modifications and blueprinting, uh, to the system and, uh, lost a lot of weight and nutrition and exercises kind of come back up to more, to the forefront. Nice. Uh, especially after this weekend. 
So when you talk about training, like, uh, you know, is this like, are you in the gym? Uh, I mean, is there certain things like you focus more on just, um, aerobic activity, like, you know, not, not so much strength training, but more just endurance type training or what, what's kind of that recipe? Cause I mean, I'm, I'm still, I know there's, you mentioned there's other guys that have ridden the distances, but to me, you're like one of the most competitive, like you look forward to that. Like, it's not like, Oh, I got to ride 400. No, it's like, I'm going to ride 400 miles and I'm going to lead the whole way. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I changed the way I trained. Um, like I said, and now I just ride a, it's called a dual fit. It's, I wish I could find more, but giant stopped making the, the bike. I think I got to find one on eBay or something, but I'm wearing it out. I've, I've put on like two different sets of grips and the seat's got a giant rip in it and stuff like that. But, um, I still make the fan work. It's, it's basically like an aerodyne bike where you, mm. the, um, you push and pedal I used to road bike a lot. Um, I like this, this dual fit bike because it stimulates the core. You, you can spin. Uh, the other thing about, uh, after I broke my back, I don't, um, pedal very well from my toes because my gastroc muscle on both my legs doesn't fire. And that's the reason why I have those tabs on the back of my foot pegs is if I hit a G out or something, my ankles buckle. Mm-hmm. And so I don't ride like a ballerina like I used to and because that's the proper way to ride a motorcycle is from your toes. And um, because you have the most amount of like body suspension through your ankles, knees and, and your, you know, your hips. Mm-hmm. So with, with this, I'm subject to the way I train. I can like, I kind of um, when I get on a bicycle, I just don't feel natural in training anymore. So I ride this dual fit bike, um, uh, by giant. It's just like an aerodyne. It's, it's comfortable for me. It allows me to like stay motivated. And, um, I don't have to, I stopped training for really long periods of time. I actually, the most I've trained going into the Baja 1000 was an hour and 20 minutes. And I never rode, like I used to road bike for, I'd do like 80 to a hundred miles, um, down the coast or something like that. So massive difference, um, from the way I train, it's just, it's simply what I feel comfortable with, with my legs. And, and then I, I do yoga and I, I stretch and just get my hips to open up because it's all based off of my, um, my ailment, my residual spinal cord injury that I have that not a lot of people know about. And like, if you haven't seen me in a while and if I've been working hard, you, you'll see it and you'll be like, why are you hunched over and walking weird? And that's just, it's just what happens to me. Mm-hmm. So when I'm, when I'm limber and all, you know, flexible, I, I walk decent, mm-hmm. but, um, when I'm tired, I, I show my, <laughs> yeah. show my, my ailments, but that's, that's the way I train as it's just, um, on an airdyne bike. And then I'll, I ride obviously. And it's like I said, it's, it's a mental game. So like this airdyne thing, um, I made it a goal that I, I stood, I stand on it to pedal. So I stand like I had to do more than 15 minutes mm-hmm. sprints, like full on really aggressive heart rate, 195 sprints. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, before I raced the ball 1000. And that was my, like, because in, in Mexico, you're never, you can sit, you can stand, you can sit, you can stand. You're never like, it's not like Supercross where you're like literally standing the whole time, really. And it's like, you know, really aggressive. So in Baja, like I said, it's mostly mental. Same with rally. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a mind game over, um, you know, a physical game and it, it does get physical obviously, but once you learn how to ride the motorcycle properly and you learn how to think properly, it, it gets easier on your body is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that's my training is literally on a airdyne dual fit bike and I do yoga and, you know, um, I integrate like strength yoga. So like some of the positions like in the push up pose or whatever, mm-hmm. or, um, I don't even know all the names. I'm not yeah, like yeah. A, a yoga guy. I just, <laughs> yeah. What I'm doing out there is technically called yoga. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like when I, when I'm, and I have a, I literally, you know, I have a, I think it's 1200 square feet, like of a patio and I live in a trailer and I work out of a container mm-hmm. and it's just, it's beautiful in the mornings and I'm able to train and, and stretch and I just get into it and, and it's, I don't do it every day anymore, but, um, I was hitting it pretty hard before the thousand. Yeah. Well, and Hey, and you know, I've, what you're saying, like, I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, well, what are the things and, and definitely what catches my attention and I would have never thought of, but, um, you know, while you're exerting yourself to also be training your mind to think while the body is in a high and an elevated state. Yeah. You'd be surprised how hard it is to like bring up your heart rate to maybe like, they say, you know, you, you subtract your age from 220 and that's your max heart rate. Um, I'm sure there's, I've seen numbers higher than that, but, um, so like a, a guy who's listening, maybe who's 40 and he's training, you know, their base heart rate, what they want to train at to like create a base, um, of like strength. So to say, want you want to be in like the, you know, 115 to 130 for, you know, 35 minutes plus, and that's going to help you create a base in in, um, a strong, like heart, so to say. Mm -hmm. And, um, but once you take it up a little higher and you're, you're more intense, you'd be surprised how hard it is to just count intervals, you know, one through 60 and then 60 through one and one through 60 and 60 through one, one through 60 and 60 through one, especially when you're, you know, working really hard, you start, you, you start like, you know, like 60, 59, 58, 57, and then you make a mistake and you're like, that tells you that you're really, um, your body's working too hard for you to make that mental, um, decision in your, in like racing. So like, if you're working that hard, you know, okay, I, I can't run my heart rate up to 155 and navigate because, I'll, I'll make a mistake or I can't read terrain at 155. If that makes sense, it, it becomes, if you really think about it, it becomes something that you have to work for. And then you're, and then you're ready for it. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm like, <laughs> literally my mind's because it's one of those things like I've never really actually thought of. And, and, but you're right. Like if you go back to a time, like I'm, I mean, anywhere it's, it's absolutely crazy, but it's so right. You know, you're, 
you're paying attention to the wrong thing or, or, and especially on a, on a two wheel motorcycle in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's like anything, it's a rock, it's a whoop. That's a little bit off timed. It's anything. And if you don't process it before you get to it, you know, yeah. So that's, uh, I guess that is the, uh, the literal physical explanation of riding in over your head. Right. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're exactly right. And, your mind doesn't make any decision without breathing. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my mentors. Um, you know, he's actually a key one that drove for me a long time. His name's TJ. And he, he just thought he just taught me a, it's called TBF think, breathe, focus. Mm-hmm. And so anytime I say that term mm-hmm. hundreds of times while I'm racing down in Baja. So if I make one tiny little mistake or if I'm, if I, my mind starts, you know, wandering off on, you know, if my crew is going to be at the next pit or any of that stuff, it's TBF, think, refocus. And, um, it, it, like I said, it, it's all, it's a mental game. It, it seems like it's physical and it gets, you know, it gets, uh, kind of foggy there, but it, yeah. it's mostly mental. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm not, when you know we're asking about the training and then like what you're doing and yeah it's it's a lot of it is is just exertion and thinking like training the mind and stretching and and staying limber loose uh there's no like yeah you know i'm i'm doing strength training on monday wednesdays and fridays and you know it's all this no it's just basically it's it's a whole approach to it but more importantly it's like the exertion part and the mental part rather than focusing on how much you can bench press versus how much, you know, you're doing in cardio. Yeah. The, the strength stuff, like fortunately for me, I'm, I'm six foot and 195. So I have enough strength to manage the motorcycle. Mm -hmm. If I was, you know, like, um, say Derek Osterbauer size, it takes a little bit more strength to lift the front end and, you know, push through the foot pegs with your legs. And, um, and he, what I mean by that, he's, he's 165, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's different to manage a motorcycle. So you kind of have to do a little bit different training. I'm fortunate to be strong enough to manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that being said, if I, if I do yoga, I'm, I've, I can kind of put myself in a pose where it's just like, you know, s- standing over the handlebars and, you know, riding over a set of whoops or whatever. And if you're, if your muscles can breathe through like a minute of holding that, it's the same as attacking an obstacle. And then you can sit, take a breath, stand back up, attack the next thing, you know? So it's all about, um, I had, I have the strength naturally. There was some stuff where I was doing box jumps and kind of trying to get my, my glutes and, and legs to get a little stronger there. But, um, most of the, most of the time I was doing yoga and, and, you know, yeah, riding the airdyne bike. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's awesome. And the, I mean, it shows. <laughs> yeah. The thing about the airdyne is, uh, it allows you to put the amount of training, like if you have a job, which most guys do mm-hmm. and someone to, you know, a family to, um, take care of and you don't have two, three, four hours, like, like some guys train, like I used to have, you know, I could leave from my house and ride down the coast and basically spend all day. And I was, when I got done, I was smoked. I'd take a nap, drink a protein shake, 
well, and the day was wasted. Mm-hmm. So the Airdyne bike, you know, you get your intensity in, you get your focus training in, and then you get to work. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that, there's, yeah. there's a bunch of people out there saying you don't, you know, cardio doesn't do it. You know, you don't have to do cardio, but, um, it, it's certainly, you know, you're, it's a, it's a cardio sport. So you, in order to make the right decisions, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you said something earlier that, that was, that I think directly relates to that. And, and you were talking about your neck and how your neck gets to your brain, you know, exactly. starts stiffening up. The hands are no different. The legs are no different. The, you know, it just, it, tr- it has a trickle effect and it's like the weakest part is the part that's going to get to the brain first or the part right. that, you know, so, so yeah. So if everything as a whole is, is firing, you know, correctly. And if it takes, you know, cardio or whatever it is to kind of get to that point And so that you can let your brain do what it needs to do, which is focus on the terrain or the navigation or, you know, whatever it's doing. Yeah. exactly it's crazy and so okay so we talked a lot about fitness and that's like i'm literally gonna like play that part over because i right now that's at the point that i'm at i realized that i lost a lot of muscle mass and so i'm (laughs) manhandling an adventure bike is not going to be the easy thing to do anymore um well you want to finesse it yeah yeah (laughs) well i finessed it right into the ground this weekend (laughs) sorry uh, but that, uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that later. Cause I'll, I'll probably <laughs> uh, hit you up and, and, and come up and do some training with you. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so we can do, do a few sessions. Cause I, I, I realize it. And I think that's important for everybody. Like you got to realize that, okay, I need help. You know, you need, you need, you need somebody to coach you on riding. That's done it before that understands this stuff and, and can pick up on mistakes that you may not even know you're making. Yeah. Yeah. And give you, yeah, small, sometimes three, four tips makes you that much better. And then you work on it and you know, yeah. So that I'm, I'm definitely looking, uh, looking forward to that. So, um, champ adventures and, and in tours and what's going to like, I, do you still have the Africa twin? I think you had an Africa twin, right? Yeah. I owned one and I sold it, uh, just simply because, uh, (laughs) I needed the dollars to develop my property and mm-hmm. part of that money went into the well we we just drilled uh, a couple months ago so nice. Nice. I turned it into water which is going to feed me for the rest of my time here on the property so <laughs> yeah that's uh, I I would take that too yes <laughs> yeah I I I would still like my wife really likes riding the Africa Twin and it's a fun bike mm-hmm. it the way I like to look at it is like you ride a CRF450X real fast on like a single track and the track the tracks maybe a two feet wide sometimes. Mm-hmm. On an Africa Twin, you can ride it real fast, but you need to be, you know, on a graded road. And then it's the, kind of the same thing. It's like if you're going fast, the graded road is still single track because there's only one good line around it. You know, to because the bike's so big and you you're kind of skating it in some spots and hard to stop and you know yeah. keep it upright and stuff. So it's pretty amazing what what I've seen some of these guys do on these adventure bikes. You know, I I get I get it to them because they're they're uh, that's a big motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, and and you have to keep them at speed, otherwise they do turn into that five hundred pound animal. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. And what, um, so you're doing tours or what are your, uh, what are your goals? What are we doing? So on, uh, on that side. Yeah. So I bought the property and I'm, I'm working on just setting up. Um, I really want to do some schools and like I said, it's like kind of an all inclusive thing, but if you deliberately want to work on something, I'm happy to, to help you with it. Um, and I, I really just bought this property to it's, it's a, it's a, you know, perfect for doing, um, riding schools and, and day rides or, you know, like a, a two day ride up to big bear would be pretty cool. Anything's designable. And then it's kind of like a shoe in thing where, um, I can assess how you ride and then I'm happy to take you down to Baja and then we can do a four day ride. And I know that you're safe on your motorcycle. And, um, so there's those things I haven't gotten into, the rally side of things. And there's plenty of opportunity to build road books out of my house. Um, I just got to get back into that. And I think, I think I'm going to work on it a little bit during the summertime to try to be more prepared to, you know, do Sonora and Baja rally and stuff. Cause I, I, I really want to, I'm for sure going to do Baja rally because, um, I have so much fun there mm-hmm. and, um, Sonora will just be, you know, if, if I can sell the sponsorship deal, so to say. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Pervines Racing has helped us massively at the 1,000, and um, hopefully Ron wants to help at the, uh, you know, the the giant, the jamming of all the the rallies at the end of the year. I know, right? It's unfortunate that they're not spaced out, but yeah. it'll be cool to make them all. It'd be like a month worth, worth of, you know, racing consecutively. I'll, I'll surely be fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, the bike will be worn out. <laughs> well, you have a week to prep it. <laughs> right. Between right. the two. So, yeah. I mean, you pick and choose your bowels. But I think that's, uh, but that's the whole endurance part of it. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like our, our opportunity to do the Dakar. I, I would love to get both organizations and, and be like, yeah, we're going to do this and work together. But, you know, we just know that that wouldn't necessarily happen. Um, but then that's what we decided on then the chasing waypoints challenge to see who, who might actually be interested in doing that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I know I'm interested. I actually really like, I don't know a lot about the Colorado rally. Mm-hmm. All I, all I heard briefly was that it, you know, you gotta, it's Malimoto and you have to run tubes. And I was like, heck yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I like nitro mooses, but, um, you know, I'm all about the challenge of, you know, running a tube which is really cool tubes it's uh yeah it it's it definitely is interesting it i mean for a lot of guys yeah i was like oh the moose in the flat and i know how much of a pain in the ass it is to change a flat uh, especially on an adventure bike and it's not the business but um but that that's just one more game it's one more thing that kind of spices it up it's tube man well how low do i want to run the air pressure well you know how am i going to ride you know uh Speaking of, it's funny how this is a reoccurring theme in this is that what you were talking about earlier, counting. Yeah. Counting is no different than watching the terrain come at you and then all of a sudden spotting that rock and going, Mm-mm, if I hit that, that's going to hurt. Right. And processing exactly. that while you're exerted. It's, it's pretty simple, but it, it works. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Because all it literally takes one and it's over the bars or it's a dent in the wheel or it's a, a toasted wheel or a flat or, you know, whatever, 
whether you're running a moose or a or a tube for that matter exactly See, that's crazy what what are the other details that i'm missing on the on that uh i'm i'm not even sure what it's called the colorado rip i'm just calling it the colorado rally <laughs> yeah it's uh it's the called the kota rally uh uh-huh. so colorado utah five day malamoto style um and yeah i mean you got to be street legal on the bikes uh gonna have to run a mirror uh turn signals like it's got to be a road legal bike because it is like uh, mike the guy that organizes it did a really good job and it took him i think it was like two years two and a half years to get every single permit needed the blm knows who he is the national forest service knows who he is they reviewed his plan so it, it's crazy like it's gonna open the door for more rallies here in the states for sure awesome. and but yeah but there are everybody was like okay we'll let you do it but you need to do this or this is our requirement and this is what we do and you know that kind of thing and so yeah it's basically you can take a, a you would take a street legal bike and as it gets delivered and and then throw your rally stuff on it and and your choice mods and and then go rally the thing and yeah malamoto you're going to be out in the wild and you got to be self-sustained and so he's he's working on it. i know the program's changed a little bit from the first year to the second year um but i mean it, it's that event is only going to grow you know yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try to get some friends to come along it might be it'd be really cool yeah yeah that's I'll, in uh, september you said yeah it's or? in september oh correct yeah, I'll, uh, I can get you, I'll send you some of the info and the, and the contact, at least for, uh, or Mike's, uh, information. Cause he's the guy that, that created the thing and got the thing going. And so you use, you use the rally comps before, so they're using rally comp on that, uh, for, nice. for tracking and waypoint management and speed zones and the usual. So, right on. Um, so yeah, it'd definitely be, uh, definitely be cool, uh, to get you out on that. So What's there, when, are they going to have like a you know, like a max fuel range that do you know of that yet or not really? Uh, you know that I bet I know the answer to that question, but most of the bikes that I saw were just running their standard desert tanks. Right. Nothing like, that. like didn't see anybody with, you know, the, the rally setup. you know, 18 gallons of fuel and you know, the, <laughs> and the tanker right. truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Copy. So, so I think, yeah, so I, I think he designs it basically around what would be considered like a rally light bike. So what, like what you rode at, at the Baja rally. Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. Would, would work on that. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that, that is, uh, I, I was stoked. Well, after talking to him and, and we still keep in contact and all this stuff and you know, the, the terrain and the stuff, like it's technical enough. Uh, it's wide open. There's, there's a lot of different, you know, things to see and the scenery and all this. So everybody that came back from that event was stoked. I, I like nobody, uh, honestly, nobody offline or online had anything bad to say about it, which was very awesome considering it was the first year. Right. And and like legitimately everybody camped in their tent or. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think they are working. Uh, I don't know if that was going to happen for this year, but they were going to try and get it closer to town. So there would be some places where you could uh, stay in town uh, or stay close by. Um, right. but, but I don't know. I haven't touched base with them. I actually kind of want to do an update uh, on it because I like he's been riding. He's got a ride before the summer, but he only gets between the end of winter when the snow clears but then he's got to do it before summer because then it gets hot. So it's like, he's got very limited time to plan road books and stuff like that. So, right. Right. 
but uh but yeah i've seen the, the scenery the pictures and all that stuff and it's just awesome so super cool definitely uh definitely worth up there uh unfortunately i the calendar filled up so fast and i didn't get a chance to plan to go up there i gotta go to a couple other events but definitely gonna get uh get on that program because i've never seen colorado so yeah yeah it's a me too pretty much i've i think i've been there once but not not very much <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the in and out the uh all right, so we know the the champ ranch thing uh do you have a website for it already yeah I mean, how do, yeah how- our website's champion adventures uh you can reach it there's um we offer a few products for the 450l and the x mm-hmm. like just some electrical stuff and a, a coolant outlet that eliminates the thermostat which is pretty cool um it helps us and our family and and there you can kind of email us or, or reach out via instagram however it's is easiest um and we can arrange you know going riding or whatever and um we're certainly you know excited to also ride in baja just recently we did a um kind of like a an, an oasis ride where we we went down to baja oasis and uh which is on the southern colorado river mm-hmm. really cool um and then we stayed at a, a really secret hot springs which is we camped there and that was a that was fun and um so a little unique ride there a little bit different than what like the generic um guys are doing down there and but i also like the generic ride where you start in takati and come home to takati mm-hmm. but go towards like the you know the coast when, when it's the summertime and it's hot it's kind of the necessary path so yeah yeah eventually cut- we'll work into taking people you know all the way down south and showing them some of the unique uh relationships that we have at different areas so yeah yeah that'd be that would be definitely awesome because i mean i know i know you know the i know you know the places <laughs> i know i know some places there's definitely guys that are, know it way better than i do yeah. um but i'm le- i'm learning some stuff and fortunately i have some relationships with guys that are uh, pretty dang cool and share really cool trails with me nice. and uh, like jimmy Sones and uh kevin daniels uh is is all tied in with some of the really gnarly guys that um build trails he builds them also so um yeah i think that there's there's definitely a a ride to have if you wanted to go with me yeah. and it's a good time you know i've I bring my dad, Rad Brad Oxley, and he's he's a full, full-time comedian. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> the so I you know, and I was like, dude, I totally right. The so I saw that you guys had done that ride out of the Baja Oasis. Um, if I remember, you guys came up the Rumorosa, no? Uh, yeah, we went down the Rumorosa grade, and then we went up the Mono grade. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Mono grade is. Uh, we raced uh down it in 2013 and then i think we raced up it in 2019 but it's a technical route super rocky and but it was yeah that on that ride it was it's a fun you know you get to the top there and it's a beautiful scenery and it's a nice ride so really with the cool part of that ride for me was like um justin strong who runs the baja oasis um, it's like his lodge down there. He, 
he um, he has found and rebuilt a uh, hot springs that is totally secret, um, not Gu- Guadalupe Canyon, and which people still think that that's where we went. But um, this is a total secret, and it's like I don't even I couldn't even take you back there. Really, he he did a good job of you know, yeah, navigating us there. And it's just really cool. It was like you discovered a hot springs because nobody's there and nobody's there with their hand out trying to accept any money. And mm-hmm. you literally have to fill the pool. And um, so it was, it was a really fun time. And everybody, everybody that was on that ride was like hanging over the next few days, just on the stove that they were on, you know? Nice. So it was cool. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, in, in that area, it's not, uh, what I was getting at is, is like to get down, like you have to know that area and what, what you can and can't ride because it can turn to sand and whoops like instantly, especially if you're on an adventure bike, that's not the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then the I, adventure bike is definitely a, a challenge there. Yeah. And then, so my question is, so is it possible to go the Rumorosa grade with an adventure bike? Down it or you could do the, the La Rumorosa grade down and up on an adventure bike mm-hmm. going up the monograde no way you're gonna have you're gonna have a little bit more you know you're gonna work harder yeah but so. but on the rumorosa side or that rumorosa grade i mean couldn't it i was look trying to see the videos and stuff like that and i mean it, it i mean obviously it's rough so you have to be not as timid in the dirt but but it still looked passable on a on a bigger bike yeah you you could do it yeah. i think that uh a bigger bike could could ride the grade no problem there's it's just rocky in some spots where you just gotta there's there's a lot of like basketballs just sitting around waiting to throw you on your head (laughs) (laughs) but but there's also embedded rock and it's all like packed in in some spots you just um you just gotta respect it and Mm -hmm. one of the hardest things is you know focusing on the trail because of the scenery and how quickly the you know the trail there's so much, you know, it drops away off the edge and it's just, there's like a bunch of switchbacks and it's just, it's all cool to just take in and, you know, see it. So there's kind of like a, this treacherous feel Mm -hmm. just because you're switching back so many times and dropping fairly quickly, you know? Yeah. It's not very steep. It's just, it's just really, it's steep. The trail's not steep. The mountain's steep, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah pretty cool oh i've seen it I, I remember growing up watching the score races and they're going down where they're racing that and the trophy trucks having to do three point or 12 point turns you know to get around it and yeah uh, i'm like dude that just looks bad and i'm like i wonder if you could take an adventure bike through that because i i've had people ask about that like oh can you get from rumorosa like if you were going to come back out through laguna hansen but then hang a right and then go down to the floor basically over to the mexicali side I'm like, well, yeah. the only road I know <laughs> or the only area or trail I know of is the Rumorosa grade. Yep. Yep. So it can be done. That's, that's the, yeah, you could do it. It's a two track with some rocks. <laughs> with some rocks. Got it. I think, right. I think what I'll do is I'll see if I can get, uh, my buddy Travis from every single Sunday to do it first. You see, <laughs> he's, yeah, there you go. He's much that's- more talented on a bike than I am. <laughs> so, and does some of the hard enduro stuff. So he's, uh, I'm sure he could do it. 
Yeah, you guys just got to go together. He's yeah. got to babysit you. Yeah, exactly. I need my babysitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, until I get, you know, I, until I get more, uh, more skill and talent, which, yeah, I think that's, uh, do you, do you have, uh, do you have like a schedule for training or, or what you're like, what you would be doing? I'm an open book, really. Like I, okay. I it's going to start getting to a point where, you know, more people will schedule, but, um, I want to, you know, yeah. start working with people and it's just about, you know, making that final step on progression of, to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. I, I'm building an outdoor bathroom on my property. When that's done, it's a game on. Cause you know, yeah, that's, everybody's got to use the bathroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> So that's, that's the one turnkey thing that, um, will make it all work. Yeah. So nice. Well, dude, that's awesome. And then five acres, that's, uh, you got trails all, all around that and then leading out, I imagine. So, well, uh, yeah, there's houses all around us, but there's not a, we're, we're perfectly placed. So, so it seems like we own 40 acres, but we only own five. So there's, it's, it's quite a, I'm, I'm pretty stoked on it. Nice. Dude, that's awesome. And they, I mean, and up in that area, I'm sure, you know, the sunsets and just chilling and, and hanging out. And I mean, it's got to be pretty epic. So, yeah, it, there are some downsides. Unfortunately, you got to talk about that. And that's the wind, mm. unfortunately. But um, I've kind of I've got some stuff set up to where we're kind of comfortable, you know. So, yeah. And then we're <clears throat> we're getting a yurt. So when we do like group rides, it'll be, it'll be a fun kumbaya type situation where everybody's in the yurt Yeah, and, uh, you know, it'll be fun. We're, we're getting games and not, we'd like to do, you know, like a, a mini golf thing and, and, um, throwing axes or ax throwing and just stuff to keep people, uh, entertained outside of riding the dirt bike. Yeah. And, and then my neighbor also, He's all really excited about motorcycles. He's got one. He's got side by sides. He's he owns some property, and I'm gonna build a little enduro cross track with like not a real enduro cross track, just with obstacles. So with you know different levels. So if you wanted to learn how to attack logs on an adventure bike, I can I can teach you that, or go through some rocks. You know. Mm-hmm. So nice. there's those type of obstacles also. Nice. Yeah, well, you got you got the room for it. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Nice. Okay, so before we uh, we turn this down, Baja story or racing story, the most epic story you got, most memorable. Oh, is there one? Is there one you could pick? I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of stories, and it, they have to. They don't all call, come together. Uh, you want to know the story that's pretty much kind of. <laughs> sat me yep. on as far as far as score racing goes um it's actually scary it's going to scare people but um i don't like about like 150 miles in this last year uh racing um in my second section so it was closer down towards um uh man i'm spacing on the on the name of it i'll think of it here but I was holding it wide open down a road at night and it was, it was around like mm, 1100 miles. So I had, I had quite a bit of, you know, time on me at, at that point. And, and, um, the one X bike was, 
out in the lead quite a ways. And so there was like, it was kind of this lull of, um, you know, not too much pressure, but I was still, you know, you know, you still have a hope that maybe they have a mechanical or something like that, but I'm holding it wide open down a road. And, uh, I, out of the corner of my eye, a, a big full size bull, completely white, just gets up and runs across my path. And I literally ducked, like moved towards the left. I was already on the left side of the race course and dropped my elbow and like moved like if, as if you're like going to dodge a cactus, that's how close I missed the bull's head. And it was the final scare for me, I think for, for holding it wide open in Baja, I can score stuff just because of like the circumstances with score racing and stuff. I still want to hold a wide open racing rally for some reason. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's my, it was like, I've hit a car, um, head on at the ball 500, sir. But this, this scared me, I guess it's cause I'm 35 and I have a family and a kid and stuff. So I, I really don't, you know, I want to be here yeah. for my family. And, and I, that's my scary story. I mean, just like a, you know, that's something that sticks in my memory that kind of continuously just when I think that I want to go back down to Mexico and race a score event, I think of that and it helps me, uh, sit back down and realize that I've done what I've done and I'm happy about it. And, um, on to, you know, the fun rallies. (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, that's, I, I can only imagine because it's at that point, you know, the, the countdown from 60 to 59 to 58, all of a sudden feels like it's an hour in between each one. Right. Probably just over a buck wide open on a bike. That's what I'm. Yeah. Asking. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty scary. Uh, like I don't, I was ready to get off. It was to this, it was a scared factor to, I came into the next pit and I was like, Hey, I don't really want to ride this motorcycle anymore. You know? Yeah. And I had to, my, actually my, my wife and my whole family was at the next pit after that, like 55 miles later. And they're really the, they were, they were at, um, Punta Caneo, the last pit for us. And, um, that was the only thing that really kept me going was that I, I sent them out, you know, they were there the whole day suffering the, the wind and just kind of like hanging out waiting for us. And so it was the only thing really kind of driving me to continue to push forward. That's how much it scared me. And I've been through a lot of scary situations racing in ball at high speed. So it's, um, that was that's my my scary story. All all the other stuff is just like, yeah, I, I raced a bunch of miles, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really cool story about racing with my brother and um but it's actually on YouTube. It's a little brief one. It's if you YouTube the 2014 I think you would put WFOX mm-hmm. um Baja 1000. It's it's like sponsored by MSR, but it, it's a cool little like seven minute video. If you, I need to do more little, um, YouTube stuff talking about my experiences with, with Ba cause it, it's helpful to relive some of that stuff. I think people would enjoy it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's 15 years of experience in all of these races and then at, you know, at the level that you are, you know, that's, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, Oh, next time you're in San Diego, you want to jump in front of a webcam. I got it here. <laughs> we'll, yeah. get you in the, we'll talk Baja stories because I'm all, I'm all about that because there's everybody's it, it's is this weird reference, but it's like Excel. Everybody, it's the same. It's the same program, but everybody uses it differently. So it's like score. Everybody raises score, but it's a different experience for everybody. For some, it's tough and they'll never have a close call or they'll have a questionable moment. But that questionable moment is not like the next person's questionable moment like you know almost sure. hitting a bull at you know over over 100 miles an hour and that's the nice thing about rally at least you're home before uh before dark usually <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> everybody's got to be home before sunset so, right so all right nice well cool yeah thanks for uh yeah dude i have me i'm i'm super stoked and i'm so i'll uh i'll put the link for the website uh for your website on the description um, so people can be checking it for, uh, for updates and stuff like that. And then I'll get you some information on the Kotar rally, um, as well. And then, yeah, that'd be cool. I'm going to, I'm going to put together a package where I can try to sell, sell all those dollars to go racing. Cause, um, you know, yeah, uh, it's expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah as, as, as they say, if you want to make a small fortune in racing, start with a big one. Right. <laughs> so nice well dude i really appreciate it i'll let you get back to it. i know it's uh afternoon already and probably close to dinner time so but yeah we're getting hungry all this talking yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice dude i really appreciate you taking time and uh and absolutely we're going to be in touch i can't wait uh hopefully we can schedule some time and come up and uh you can show me some stuff all right what i'm messing Sounds up good. on <laughs> happy to have you yeah awesome awesome talk to you soon. thank you thank you we'll talk soon man thank you all right all right see see ya. Ya. Bye. Awesome. So that was none other than Colton Udall and that, uh, Oh man, I forgot to ask him a question. Gnarly Dave is going to be mad. Uh Oh, uh, we'll get it offline. Um, okay. So that was Colton Udall. That is crazy. Like growing up in Baja to me and, and watching these guys ride and watching him ride. And it was him and it was Johnny Campbell, uh, Steve Hengeveld, uh, all, all of these guys on the Honda team, you know, and, and, and mixing it up and doing their thing like, and then meeting him at Baja rally and, and just the coolest guy ever. I mean, you, you know, I held him at this place where I was like, I'm going to be very nervous and not going to crack jokes and not going to do because, you know, I, I, you know, you never know. But no. And so it just shows, you know, he's like he said, an open book and, and willing to help people and, and train them and, and all that stuff. So I'm I really mean it. I have been considering about doing uh, some different training and, and getting, you know, getting ready. I mean, riding a bike, riding a motorcycle, the more training you have, the more experience you have, the funner it gets, the easier it gets. I mean, I remember first getting on a motorcycle on a dirt bike uh, with a buddy of mine that, that showed me how to ride. And I could make it two miles and my hands were killing me arm pumping. I mean, just like I could barely ride. I'm like, dude, I need to take a break. I, can, I don't think I'm, you know, stretching my hands and all this two miles, two miles. And now it's like, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, hundred, you know, 300 mile days. I'll be at some of it on the road and yeah, you get saddle sore, but 
I would be a much different case uh, uh, if I was riding the same way I was riding when I had really no experience and only, you know, could only make it two miles. So to be able to learn from somebody uh, that can handle a bike at speed, that's been competitive, uh, that is competitive. I mean, Colton is still one of the guys that he shows up at any of the Baja races or any of the races, and he is someone to watch out for. You know, he, like say, you know, the focus and the nutrition, like he knows what he needs to do to win and to be competitive and, and can still do it. So I'm absolutely excited to see where, uh, where champ ranch continues, uh, to grow and, and the adventures and stuff like that that he puts together and, you know, yeah, maybe get down for one of the, uh, one of the tours that they do down in Baja Oasis with Justin Strong and those guys, uh, and check that out. I mean, I'm like, there's, there's just so much, you know, um, to, to be able to, to participate and hang out with him and, and be able to learn and, and see all of these things. And of course, hear all the stories, you know, of everything that he's done. So I'm I'm absolutely excited. But anyway, with that being said, guys, you'll be listening to this on Sunday. It is Wednesday or no, Thursday afternoon. So we're almost to the weekend. Uh, But I hope you guys have a great rest of the weekend. Uh, Enjoy yourselves. If you're out riding, remember shiny side up, have fun and uh, learn as much as you can tag us. We want to know. We've seen a few of the tags and of people riding out there and, uh, greatly appreciate it. Would love sharing that kind of stuff. And uh, so to get more people to follow your adventures and do all of that. So once again, guys, I really appreciate everybody tuning in. We are growing. We're on our way to 20,000 listens across the platforms. So we're still there. Don't forget, like, share, subscribe and all of that. And uh, with that being said, here's the outro. that is a wrap for the chasing waypoints podcast this week hope you guys enjoyed the show don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard we are available on apple Podcasts, google podcasts and a bunch of others also follow us on social media you can find us on facebook under chasing waypoints instagram chasing waypoints underscore official and of course the youtube under chasing waypoints Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up, and don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week. <laughs>